Welcome to another podcast from Faith Baptist Church of Gulfport, Mississippi. Recorded Sunday morning, June 25, 2023. Song specials for this service include Choir of Faith Baptist Church singing Behold Our God, followed by Keep Telling the Story, and He Has Risen by Singing School Choir, and finally, Jonathan Carr with I Take Him Back. Pastor Dan Carr Sr. brings us our sermon this morning, which is titled, The Woman at the Well and is from the text of John chapter 4 verses 1 through 7. We hope that this morning's message brings you closer to the will of God. Thank you for listening, and God bless.
some time since I've made up my mind to make Jesus Lord of my life. I face the fear and shed many tears, but Jesus has stood by my side when I hear Satan say, you're not even saved, you're traveling down the wrong path. I recall once again where grace withstood sin, down memory lane, I take him back, and I take him back to a time at an old-fashioned
I would appreciate that if you have your Bibles, the Gospel of John, chapter number 4, doing COVID. COVID broke out and we as pastors really didn't know what how what to do. Uh, we've never have been through something like that and you know trying to still assemble together as believers and uh, we moved our services like many other churches begin to do uh, out to the uh, parking lot and uh, my son Dan Jr. had talked to our sheriff who was Mr. Peterson and he said uh, you know, the church is still getting together in the parking lot. And, you know, there's some places across the land where they are arresting people. Uh, one of our uh, missionaries that we support that's in Greenville, Mississippi, uh, they, the preacher was preaching inside the building. Okay, he was the only one inside. The people were in the parking lot listening. We didn't do it quite that way. I was outside on a stand, if you remember. Preacher was inside the building by himself. The people were in the parking lot with their windows up. And they started giving them tickets. And our sheriff said, that won't happen here. Amen. It is important what kind of sheriff we have. It really is. It is vital. You never think what might come down your way. But, man, you want somebody that stands on the side of freedom and liberty and relig religious freedom. Very important. Very important, okay? Have your Bibles this morning. The Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter number 4. The Gospel of John, chapter number 4. If you found your place, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, then there's John. And you'll stand with me. I'll read out loud. This is one of the most familiar stories in all the Bible. I'm just going to highlight, just try to be real quick, and I try to get you out before 1.30 today. <laughs> we got guests, and we need to get out before 1.30. Okay, normally it's 3.30 or so, but today. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. All right, look in John chapter 4. Look at verse 1. By the way, what does this story refer to in the Bible? The woman at the well, the, or the, the lady at the well. Okay, look at it, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the partial of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Then cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it? that thou being a Jew as drank of me which am a woman of Samaria watch this for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans Jesus answered and said unto her if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that said to thee give me to drink thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee what living water the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. 
For whence then hast thou that living water? You're talking about underestimating who you're talking to. You're talking about underestimating who you're talking to. He's the creator God. Can I get a witness? Oh, the well is deep. And, you know, what? you ain't got nothing to draw water. Ma'am, he made, the, I mean, he, he created the universe. And uh, so watch this. Watch this. Verse number 12. And thou art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall what? Thirst again. But, who, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall what? Shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. I love this. She's catching on a little bit. She still ain't caught on. But the woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou hast uh, is not thy husband. Let me read that again. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? Why, are, why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the man, Now she got excited. Can I get a witness there? She left her water pot. She, got, she came to get water. She left it. She goes back to the city. Watch this. Verse 29. Come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did is not this the Christ. Our Father, we sure do love you. Thank you for church. And God, within this room, there are a lot of different needs. And God, I'm always amazed how you can take one message. And God, you can make each one of us as individuals feel like you're talking right to us. And so, Lord, I pray that would be the case this morning, that you would speak to every one of us. We are truly a needy people. Pray you to help us meet with us. Well, thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we do pray and ask it all. Amen. You may be seated. I appreciate so very much your patience. 
as I've already said, and this story has been preached from and uh, down through the ages many, many times. It's a very uh, familiar story that we refer to the lady or the woman at uh, the well. And, and there's a lot to learn here. We're just going to kind of touch some, some highlights. There's a lot of things I won't be able to uh, get to and, and, and to explain. Just a lot of, lots of interesting things uh, about this story. Uh, just for instance, just the time that she came. Uh, just the time well, why does she come at that certain time uh, to, 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 to get the water? And just a lot of fascinating uh, things here that the casual reader might, might would miss. And I won't have time to, uh, to draw your attention to all of those things. But I do want you to see uh, a few things this morning that I hope will be uh, a blessing to all of us. First of all, I want you to notice the well. I want you to notice the well. Look at verse number 6. Now, Jacob's well. You see that in verse 6. Are y'all with me this morning? Now, Jacob. Jacob's well was what? Was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the what? The sixth hour. Now, don't like that. That's not six in the morning or six in the evening necessarily of our time. That would be about 12 noon. And uh, uh, so I just want you to notice the well. It is referred to as, uh, as Jacob's well. And, and the reason is because he had dug that well or uh, was a part of digging that well. Watch this probably about 1,700 years before this story. And so this particular well that is called Jacob's well uh, has been there uh, a long time. But if you and I are not careful in the story, uh, the well would get all of the attention. The really key, I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag, the real key here probably in the story is not the well, but it's the water in the well. If, if I were to get real thirsty and I, I just bring water, not normally to drink, just to kind of keep my lips a little more. Sometimes you get up here preaching, even though I've been doing it a long time, you still get a little nervous. And uh, that's primarily what the water is about. But if I were to get really thirsty, I would not, watch this, I would not eat the plastic bottle, I would drink the water in the bottle. So the well is important, but it's not the well that we want to focus on. It's the water that's in the well. You follow me? Now, let me just give you a couple of things about the well. Now, it's been there a long time. And I think the well is a type or a picture of the church, okay? You know, the, the, the church, uh, uh, the focus is not necessarily on, on the church today, but the church wants our focus to be on Jesus. But this particular well has been there over a thousand years. That makes it very unique. Uh, our country is not nearly that old, okay? So, so this well has been there a long time. I like the longevity of a church. I like the longevity of, of, of pastors that go and, and stay out of place. And I know there's exceptions to those things. And, but I, I like people when they get saved and they stay with the Lord for many years. We, we call them fly-by-nights. We have a lot of fly-by-nights today. This was not a fly-by-night well. It had been there for over a thousand years. And you and I, we, we want to have the kind of church. And, uh, and uh, uh, I want to be the kind of pastor. And you should want to be the kind of member hey, that we stay with this thing when it comes of serving the Lord. That we're not a fly-by-night. I've been here almost uh, uh, coming up on 39 years. And, and I really want to be here at least for 50 years. Amen. 
And they said, what are you going to do after that? Well, uh, hopefully I, may, I can go for 51. Okay, maybe after that, 52. I don't know. I'm just saying. But I'm saying I would like to make 50 years. That would be neat. Man, I want you to make 50 years that you could stand up and say, hey, I've been, serve, I've been saved and I've been serving the Lord for 50 years. Or, or 80. I, I love the longevity of, uh, of this well, okay? And, but the purpose of the well was to supply water. Uh, the, the, the purpose of the church is uh, to tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen. But notice this. Somebody had to pay a price that there would be a well there. Yeah. Somebody paid a price over 1,732 years, if you want to kind of get a, an exact number somewhere around there, uh, how long that well has been there. And, and somebody paid a price uh, and dug that well. I thank the Lord for our forefathers who paid a price so that we could have a Bible, so, so that we could have a, a, a church, hey, so that we could have a nation. So I see the well. Number two, not only do I see the well, I see the woman. Look at verse number seven quickly. The Bible says, Then cometh a what? A woman of Samaria to draw water. You know, it's, it's pretty, we're doing characters in our Sunday school class, and we're, we're doing Absalom. And, uh, but, you know, in this story, we don't know her name. The, the Bible, there's a lot of characters in the Bible that the, God doesn't give us their name. And, and I don't know why the Lord chose that. And, uh, but, it, but here's a lady. We, we don't know her name, but we do know that she is a Samaritan. That means she's partly Jew and she's partly Gentile. And uh, look at verse number 9. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? Now watch this phrase. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And so you see this racial divide. You see this lady as Jesus speaks to her and says, give me some water. And, Jesus, and she's like, uh, why are you speaking to me? Why are you talking to me? Don't you understand? Uh, you are a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. We don't have anything uh, uh, to do with each other. And, and may I say this morning, Jesus did not take the bait. Jesus did not get into this racial divide and begin to argue and fuss with her. Hey, you and I need to be wise as maybe this world tries to divide us that we don't take the bait. We don't take the bait. So we see that she's a Samaritan. She tries to pull Jesus and she's going to try another, uh, another thing here in a little bit and I'll show you. So she tries to pull him into that argument. He ignores that and keeps moving on in his conversation. Okay? Notice this. Her life was in a mess. Look, look, if you would, down quickly at verse number 16. Then says, Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou hast now is not thy husband. And, and that sayest thou truly. So, so, so this lady had been married five times. And I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you. She'd been married five times. And, and the person she was with, she wasn't married to. She was living with this fellow. Hey, hey she was in a mess. 
Can I say this morning that Jesus Christ specializes in lives who are in a mess? I am glad that this church here, we are open uh, to people whose life is in a mess. I say, let them come. There was a time in my life it was in a mess. Some of you think it's still in a mess. But I'm simply telling you I am glad that I have a Savior who specializes in people whose lives are in a mess. So, so why did Jesus bring this up? Why did he say, go get your husband? And, and she's like, I don't have a husband. And, uh, and by the way, that's the shortest conversation she had with Jesus. She didn't want to go there. She did not want to go there. She's like, let's change the subject again. And uh, she said, uh, and Jesus said, you're telling the truth now, lady. You had five and the man you got now is not your husband. You know what? He was getting her to come clean. Yeah. See, as long as we hide behind this fake and phony facade, my friend, we're never going to get from God what we need to get. We've got to get honest with God. Yeah. We've got to get honest with the Lord. And, and Jesus was getting her to get honest about her sin. You know, the Bible teaches very clearly, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Are y'all with me this morning? And so we must hasten. So we see the well. I like the well. It's a type of the church. It was not the water, it was, but the well played a part in holding the water. So here comes a, winner, a, a woman who's a type of the sinner. Can I get a help there? She's a picture of you and I. She, she's the sinner in the story. And by the way, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. You ain't got some good sinners here and some bad sinners. No, no. The Bible doesn't put it that way. We're just all sinners. I've often said it's like going into the funeral home and say, hey, this guy's dead. And then look at another guy and say, now this guy in this casket, he's really dead. No, if you're dead, you're dead. It's not good sinners, bad sinners, minimum-sized sinners. No. The woman in the story today, she's a type of you and I. She's a sinner. I love this. I've been trying to hurry to get to my third point. Notice this very quickly in verse 14. Or let me back up in verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall what? Shall thirst again. Now look at verse 14. You're going to miss the whole message. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall what? Shall never thirst. But the water that I should give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into what? So you have, you, you have in the story, you have the well, that's a type of the church. You have in our story the woman, she's a type of the sinner. But you have the water today, that is a type of Jesus Christ. Look at it again in verse number 14. Jesus said, but whosoever drinketh of the water uh, that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting uh, life. Isn't that good? Notice the source of the water. Jesus said he was the source. He's the source. If a person is going to go to heaven, they can only go to heaven through Jesus Christ. It is not the well, it's the water. It is not the church that gets the 
person to heaven. It's the Savior that gets the person to heaven. Do you see that? It's not the, the, the denomination. It's not the religion. It is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me show it to you again. I keep reading it. God, I want you to see it. Look at verse 14 again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I should give him shall what? Not only do I see the source of the water, which is Christ, I see the satisfaction of the water. Amen. Jesus said, if you drink the water, he's talking to the lady at the well. He said, if you drink, you drink the water that I got to give you, you won't just get a bottle of water, you'll get a whole well. <laughs> you'll have a well living inside of you. You won't have to come back. And she said, give me that water. Yeah. What is that showing us? What that is telling us is Jesus Christ satisfies. People all across the world, they're empty on the inside and they try religion and they try this religion and that religion and that denomination. They try this toy and that toy and they got the four-wheeler and the boat and they're going to go to this place and they're going to go to that place and they're going to circle the globe and they're going to you know, do all of this stuff. But when they get done, they're broke and they got a lot of money on their credit card. Can I get some help? And then they're shaking their head and go, how did I spend all that money? But they come back and they're still just as empty as ever. I'm not anti-vacation. I'm just saying stuff, things, and places will never satisfy. People are they're moving here. They're moving there. They're, you know, they're trying this adventure. They're trying that adventure. They're trying this religion. They're trying that religion. And they're, try, they're trying all this stuff. It is only Jesus Christ who satisfies. I love it in the book of, uh, uh, the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, chapter 2. And, and uh, Solomon, the, the human writer, the Holy Spirit, of course, the writer... But, but Solomon said this in chapter 2, in, in verse 17, you can read it later. But if you if you read Ecclesiastes chapter 2, he, he says this. He said, man, I had swimming pools, I had houses, I had servants. I, uh, he said, whatever my eye uh, desired, I got it. He, he had wealth. Solomon, they say, was the wealthiest person who ever lived, ever. Whether you're talking about uh, uh, Elon Musk or you're talking about uh, uh, Bill Gates or, or you, whoever you want to put on the table, Solomon was wealthier. And Solomon said, I had it all, did it all. He had 700 wives, seven, uh, 300 concubines. Uh, he had all the sexual pleasure that uh, a man would desire. He had stuff. He had everything in the world. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 17, he said, therefore, I hated life. I hated life. You know why you're never going to be satisfied in this life? Until you come into the right relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Listen to this verse in 1 John chapter number 5. Watch this quickly. We must hurry. In 1 John chapter number 5. Look at verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You know this morning you that have more you don't. He that hath the Son hath life. Jesus said, I come to give you life and that you might have it, what? More abundantly. So many people are so empty. So many people are, are, are living in this life and they're so dissatisfied. And, and man, they tried to uh, fight. This lady had five husbands and she was living with somebody and, and, and she, her life was in a mess. What she needed was some cool water. Amen. What she really needed was some everlasting water. What 
what she really needed was a well on the inside. Amen. Go back to John chapter 4. We must hurry. Notice the source of the water and the satisfaction of the water. But notice it was everlasting water. Okay. I know this makes people nervous. But man, I believe when you get saved, you get in, you're in. Yeah. To, become, to get in the family of God, you must be born again. And I can't get unborn out of my family. Look in John chapter 3 and, and look at, I'm sorry, John chapter 4. Look at verse 14 one more time. But whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water uh, that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. For God does so love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that good? The everlasting water is Jesus Christ. I must hurry at number one we looked at the well. I like the well. I've been there a long time. Uh, we looked at the woman. She's a type of the sinner. That's me and you. And then we looked at the water. That's a picture of Jesus. Our relationship with him that he offers us this life that will be satisfactory. But notice verses 19 through 25. I, I could close now, but I'm not because I'd get you out too early and you would be so disappointed. You would think I was, you know, doing something up to no good or something. I'd get you out too early. Look at verse 19. The woman saith unto him, watch this, sir. I perceive that thou art a prophet. Oh, lady. Oh, lady. Oh, lady. Much more than any prophet. <laughs> Perceive, you know, he told her how many times she'd been married. He told her her situation that she was in and they had never met. And so she knows something's going on here. And so she says, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Now watch verse 20. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. Yes. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where a man ought to worship. See, she's a Samaritan. She's talking about worshiping where she was at in Samaria with those mountains. And she said, but you Jews says, you Jews say, we got to come to Jerusalem to worship God. Now, not only did she try to start a racial argument, now she's trying to start a religious argument. Now she's trying to make this thing about religion. You see that? But Jesus, again, very wild. He ain't going to take the bait. People ask me, well, you know, what church you, you, know, you got to go to? What, what denomination uh, you got to be to go to heaven? A Baptist, I guess. I said, no, hell will be full of Baptists. Yeah, right. You go to heaven because you're a Baptist or a Pentecostal or a Catholic or a Methodist. You go to heaven through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. My friend, there's one way, and it's through Jesus. She's trying to start this religious argument. Now look at verse 20. Our fathers worship in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place uh, where man ought to worship. Ma'am, do you realize who you're talking to? Now she's going to find out here in a little bit. But right so far, she, now she's not went from, uh, he's a man, he's talking to me, why are you talking to me? And now, uh, uh, now he's a prophet. Oh, much more than a prophet. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus says in verse 21, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvations of the Jews. It started there. But watch this. But the hour cometh. So you got to read the next verse. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. I wish I had one solid hour just right here. Yes. Just one hour right now just to preach this. Can I say, number one, God wants to be worshipped. Yes. 
verse 20 says, uh, uh, for the Father seek it to worship. God wants to be worshipped. Do you know in heaven, watch this, you know in heaven you're not going to be praying? Heaven you're not going to be attending church? Heaven you're not going to be giving an offering? Heaven you're not going to be witnessing? Did you know that? I'm going to tell you one thing that we would do for all eternity. This is amazing. Is worshiping God. We're going to be worshiping God. I, I don't have time to go to Revelation and show it to you. I got, I got a lot of stuff here. But my friend, listen to me. God wants us to worship Him. Some churches and some people think they have a copyright on worship. I said some churches and some people think they have a copy, a copyright on worship. No, I don't have a copyright on worship, okay? But God does want to be worshipped. We'll worship forever. Okay? It's not confined to a location. Jesus said, Jesus said, well, we Samaritans worship in the mountains. And you Jews say, yeah, you got to worship in Jerusalem. It's not the, the, the where you are when you worship God. It's the how you worship God. Okay, again, there's so much to unpack here. But I want to show you just one thing. I want to show you the other. Go to, go to the book of Job. I just want to make this statement. I think we have a lot of worship today sometimes in our church, but a lot of it is deceit and flesh. Instead of, Jesus said, you're going to worship me? Spirit and in truth. A lot of people put emphasis on spirit, which is good because it's there, but he also said truth. And what we want to do today, we want, we want the spirit, but we want to bypass the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to worship God, we don't just need to talk about the spirit, we need to talk about truth. And you got a lot of people, oh, they're all into worship, but when you start giving them the truth, they scatter like cutting a light on in the dark and the roaches take off. I thought that was funny. Y'all hurt my feelings. Okay. Look at John chapter 1. You'll like this point. We've got to hurry and close. Number one, we saw the well. We saw the woman. We saw the water. Now we see the worship. It's so funny. I had a... Uh, had a couple come here for a little while, and basically, and he was nice, and I, there's no problem here, but he left the church. He said, well, you know, y'all don't really kind of get into it. You know, you, you kind of like you're restrained to worship at the church. And, and then I was talking to a funeral director. He said, you Baptists, y'all get into it way too much. Y'all need to be more dignified when it comes to worshiping God. So I got this guy over here who says we're not into it enough. I got this guy over here who says you're in it too much. We may be about where we ought to be. Everybody with me? But let me show you this. Look in Job chapter number 1. Job chapter number 1 and look at 20. You'll like this. This will help you. This will challenge you today. In John 1, look at verse 20. We all know the story of Job. He lost seven boys, three girls. He lost his wealth. He lost everything he had. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground in what? In worship. See, I... I don't say this ugly. I'm not impressed with people that show up for church and they're going to get into the worship service. I want to know, can you worship God when everything's falling apart? It's easy for me to worship God. You get a good choir. People amen in and people are with you. But this man, Job, just buried 10 children. And the Bible says he came and worshiped God. 
then you and I worship God when life is falling apart. 2 Samuel 15, don't turn, but you go back to the, the life of Absalom. When Absalom was coming to take the throne from his father David, the Bible talks about David, he's walking up the mountainside, and the Bible says he worships God. His own son is about to come and take his life, and guess what? David is still worshiping the Lord. People worship God on Sunday. People worship God when everything's going okay. But how about when life's falling apart? Can we still worship God? That's the test. I said that's the test. And then lastly, go back to John chapter 4. John chapter number 4. John chapter number 4. Watch this. The woman then left her water pot, verse 28, and went her way into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. If you look over at verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that ever I did. Now, if you keep reading, there's some others that came out, and they believed on him for themselves. But a lot of people, when that lady went back, and she's going to say, uh, you're never going to believe it. I'm telling you, I met the Messiah. And now that man looked at that man, and this person looked at that person and said, I'm telling you, that woman has changed. Something happened. Yeah. And they all begin to come out and meet Jesus. Lastly, but not only did we see the, the well, the woman, the water, the worship, we see the witness. You know, church is not just coming in here and we're going to have a little church, going to preach a little bit, going to sing a little bit, going to shake some hands. But it's about telling others what Christ has done for us. Hey, it's to tell them where the water is. There's a thirsty world out there. There's a thirsty world out there. And we know where the well is. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Nobody in my family went to church. My dad was an alcoholic and, and, and none of us were saved. We were clueless. But I'm glad that somebody told my family where the well was. And here we are on a Sunday morning. Sometimes we wear our beds and we come to church. But there's other people out there. They are clueless of what they have to do to go to heaven. You've heard me tell this story, but I was out knocking doors and I asked this lady, I said, we knocked on the door, a man in the church with me. I said, ma'am, we're just out inviting folks, love to have you. She said, well, I go to church. I said, we're not here to take you from your church. But if you died right now, where would you go? She said, I go to heaven. So that's wonderful. I said, when did you get saved? She said, you see that couch over there? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, one day I was laying on that couch and I saw it floating. She said, I was floating in the air. And she said, part of my body went in that side of the wall over there. And the other part of my body was on this side of the wall. And she said, I was right between the wall. One part of the body was over here. One part of the body over there. I was just floating for a little while. And she said, then I came back down and I floated back on the couch. And she looked at me and she said, I know I'm saved. What are you going to do with that one? I looked at her. Thought she needs to sheriff. She needs to be arrested. <laughs> no, I didn't think that. I'm just caring. A bad preacher, bad preacher. But I, I looked at her. I said, ma'am, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to argue or be unkind. I've been preaching a long time. 
And I, I, I'll be honest, I've read the Bible a lot. But it, nowhere in the Bible does it say, If thou shalt float, thou shalt be saved. <laughs> are, we, are you with me? My heart breaks for her. She was clueless. Man told me one day we knocked on his door right off of Courthouse Road. If you go down Courthouse Road, take a left. If you cross the tracks, you take that first left. Now, you can't hardly do it now. You used to could years ago. But you have to kind of go and make a U-turn. But make the right U-turn. Don't break the log. Ah, oh, i got to get away from that. But anyway, you go down, you turn around, you come back. And if you, I don't know what the name of that road right there by the tracks is. But you turn right there. You go down about the third street on the right. This was 25, 30 years ago. About the fifth house on the left. I'll never forget it. I knock on the door. The guy came out. He was so angry. He was so mad. He said, I'd like to see God. I'd take my fist and I'd shove it down his throat. But he, he started cursing and saying words I ain't heard in a long time. I'd like to see him. I'd put my fist in his mouth. Cussing mean. And I said, sir, where are you going when you die? He said, well, going to heaven is like going to the beach. You can go down Courthouse Road. You can take Cow and Lorraine Road. You can take Highway 49. He said, don't matter which road. It's going to all end up the same place. No. And I looked at him. I said, sir, the problem with that is when you die, you're not going to the beach. You're going to go to a place called heaven or a place called hell Amen. for eternity. Amen. Can I ask you a question? Where are you going when you die? Come on, preacher. That's good. The witness... The, room, the woman went back and told the city what Jesus had did for her. Wouldn't it be something if we would leave here and turn this city upside down telling others what Jesus Christ has done for us. We have the well. We have the woman. We have the water. We have the worship. And we have the witness. A lot in that story. We just took some of the highlights of it. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Thank you for listening to Dan Carr Sr. Preach the Woman at the Well. We hope you join us the next time. We hold services every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., every Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We also hold Sunday school at 9.45 a.m. May the peace of God be with you until next time. God bless. Amen and amen.